Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. We've got our Counterpoint all lined up. Busy night to go. Andy Stitton, small businessman. You weren't to me to say something and interrupt you, weren't you? <laughs> well, I didn't have my mic turned on. I just but... give you your opening statement. And Michael Diamond, campaign strategist and political commentator of Upstream Strategy Group. Hello there. He's my hero, you know, honestly. Mm-hmm. He's become my hero. Aww. I bet I know you guys have a bromance going on now. <laughs> Mutual admiration society. Yeah. Jody w- Wilson-Raybould will testify, but uh, it will be limited to certain areas of relevancy. Um, the Prime Minister saying today that he will waive some restrictions, but um, she did issue a statement late today, and I think this is fascinating because in that statement she um, said that she will need 30 minutes, 30 minutes <laughs> to open up her testimony. Michael, this means she's got 30 minutes to speak her truth, which puts her in an incredibly powerful position. You know, yeah, look, this is someone who clearly has a lot to say, and the Prime Minister and his uh, his staff may want to limit her ability to say that, but by, by requesting uh, 30 minutes, which I believe is three times longer than you would as, have a standard uh, uh, opening statement at a committee of this nature uh, be... It's 30 minutes, by the way, longer than Mr. Warnock, and he made news out of, like, a minute and a half So, <laughs> for, look, like, a week. Two weeks ago, we gathered yeah, on this same sacred ground here uh, in Koroski, and my friend Mr. Stinton said that this isn't a big deal. Oh. Well, here we are two weeks later still talking about it. This is going to give it another two weeks of legs. <laughs> this is the story that will not go away. It, well, interestingly, so here's the thing. We know, because Mr. Warnock told us last week, Andy, uh, that... There were meetings, three meetings, and that there was pressure. So this then becomes a he said, he said, he said, she said story. But if Jody Wilson-Raybould says, yes, I was under duress and under pressure, does that matter? I mean... Okay, I lost interest right after The Sun printed out because I was following it. I I got all the players, and I don't know all the names. I didn't know who... You don't need to. Who Fred Butts was. Uh, so when he retired... Just, just know that he, it's the reason you can't afford your hydro bill every month. Okay. But go on. So, and it, 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 it got real simple for idiots like me. It says, let her talk. Right. I suddenly got it. Right. Client lawyer privilege. Here we were. We were going to meet the climax. And then it started getting all confused and other players came into it. And now I understand tomorrow she's going to talk. But well, I, know it's, I know it's going to happen. Sometime in the next few days. I, I know it's going to happen. They will find a way to subjugate this in one way or another. So, oh, he was covering for her and they wanted to talk to him. This is never going to reach the crisis in the end. It'll all get muffled up and it'll go away. Nobody will understand it. And someone will come and we won't care. I'm not so sure. I, you know, I just don't think. Look, I'll, I'll say this. If she doesn't say something to give Canadians like Andy, like everyday folks, some clarification on this, Michael, I think I think at the very least she owes that. I I, th- I think, and you guys know. Is you your guys name Michael? Do mess- you don't look like so Michael. I was, I was, like, I was, like, I was about to. Kidding. I was about to answer Alex's question. <laughs> so there, there's three ways that uh, this testimony can go. Uh, she confuses people more, right? Which I don't think helps put the scandal to bed. She comes out and says it's all kooky pop and uh, nothing, nothing nefarious happened. Don't think that's all that likely, given her uh, her demeanor and she her comments. Done that on day one. Exactly, uh, it wouldn't have been an issue. Uh, and the third is. 
there's a smoking gun, and she's able to show a little bit of the smoking gun if uh, her her legal counsel or the prime minister weighs enough privilege. So, so there's three scenarios here. Two of them are more likely than the other. I think confusion is probably the most likely scenario because I think a lot of people following the story, even those who are quite informed, are quite confused, and that's not good for the prime minister. Yeah, but it comes down again. It will come down for the the politicos. It'll be banter for weeks and weeks, but really, it will come down to one thing. Was the attorney general under Mr. Trudeau pressured to do something that she didn't want to do? And that then, Andy, speaks right to it's a he said, she said, and it'll speak right to his brand. Do I believe that she was pressured? I believe she was pressured from everybody. Nobody wanted to see this go down. It has the effect on the jobs and all the rest of that kinky pook stuff. I think there was a they were lobbying all over the place. Even I understand that. Mm -hmm. I think there was an immense pressure. Do I think that a government, if we go nonpartisan, would try and influence and lobby that situation? Yes. Is that a sad reflection on our society, that the legislative is inter- interfering with the justice side? Yes, it is. But I think it happens. Well, if it does happen, if it did happen in this case, it's completely inappropriate. The separation of those branches of government yes. are paramount to uh, to our government. And I remember uh, you know, Stephen Harper appointed a judge to the Supreme Court and... Uh, under Quebec law, because the Quebec seat on the Supreme Court is the only seat that's enshrined and protected uh, legally, uh, he wasn't uh, this uh, this potential nominee to the Supreme Court wasn't eligible, and it created a huge uh, firestorm in the media and attacks on that that, that former our former Prime Minister was intervening in the uh, pro, the, the justice system, and, and all of that was just, it was all small and pales in comparison to what uh, has been alleged. Well, so here. does so does Mr. Duffy, and they got that they got two years and twenty four seven coverage out of that, and that was much much smaller than what we're that, talking about. That's here. that's funny because if you look at the previous Liberal government, that was a scandal uh, where money left the yeah. public offers <laughs> to, to go back. out to folks. And the, the Mike Duffy scandal, and I'm using air quotes here, was a, a honorable man on Stephen Harper's staff putting money back into the Treasury to make the taxpayer whole. You guys do nothing... really live in a different world, don't you? No, because, I don't... because I think you don't realize that most people, the common electorate, don't trust politicians. They no, don't yeah. have a very high opinion of right. them. So they're not going to be shocked that they have interfered in a co- with the- in a court case? Yeah, seriously? Am I shocked? No, I'm not shocked. See, that's and sad. I think, anyway. I think the bar has come down thanks to Mr. Trump. Well, I actually think so. Andy is right that folks yeah. have some distrust of politicians, and if they don't understand it, they just they know they don't like it, and it seems like a greasy profession. But Justin Trudeau, Canada's back. Canada's great. Nice hair. He said he was he's different, different and yeah. he's not different. And that will it, he's not. And believe me, folks, I know a lot of politicians. I don't believe that they're bad people. I think they're very honorable people for the most part. But but this Justin Trudeau. Being bad will hurt it. And by the way, just to to kind of go off of what you just said, uh, Andy, I think you make a point. You know, for all of us and those who are so offended by Mr. Trump and Mueller and interfering, if you're inter- if you're if you're grossed out by that, this is ten times worse, and it's happening here. Coming up here on Point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head with Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. All right, we got a busy one, and uh, we got Andy Stinton and Michael Diamond here. Um, Quick, uh, we'll kind of ramble off these ones. Ontario Provincial Police uh, Deputy Commissioner Brad Blair, who had wanted the top job that went to Ron Tavener, which is now kind of being 
I don't know where it stands at this point, actually, um, has threatened uh, to sue the premier for defamation because Ford suggested the commissioner may be breaking the rules. This, this to me, Andy, is like the this to me starts to sound like sour grapes. This to me starts to sound like the same old thing over and over again that we were just discussing. It's more, oh, I'm going to say this about him and it's not true and it's interfering and he's interfering with us. I don't really care. You yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm more interested in the van for fifty thousand. Yeah, guy, guy passed up for a job, being angry at guy who passed him up for a job. Like the new, stop the presses. Like the, the, there's no here, there, there. That this is a nothing. There's no burger. here, here, but no. Nonetheless, people will remember. This is the sixteen dollar orange juice yes. because the same guy that was angry he didn't get the top job in those court papers he had filed showed that Doug Ford wanted a customized camper van kitted out with. You know, specialty items, including a mini fridge, big deal, 32-inch TV, big deal, Blu-ray player, which I'm not sure where you'd find you that. Look, you, could buy a lot of these things. you could buy a lot of these items at Walmart. Like well, the, the, this, this actually, you know, the, the Premier of Ontario does, is driven. It is not, you, that is a job where the person does not transport themselves. Kathleen Wynne was driven around in a big SUV. Dalton McGinty was, and it's proper. I mean, what this Premier wanted to do. And it should be no surprise. What are you, what are you it, over there giving it should be no su- You don't want anybody leading that province who still uses Blu-rays and DVD oh, players. I, I use right. Blu-ray Maybe and he's DVD. Got a cell phone. <laughs> Why would he want? Blu-ray? Okay, so uh, the, for all us Luddites here, Andy's <laughs> laughing at us, but he won't be laughing uh, when I'm finished talking. Hopefully, uh, but uh, you know, like the the premiers, the premiers uh, going all around the province, having a thing that's comfortable enough to work in in the long run can save money. So it's fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. I'll say that the premier. How, and premier how much win, is a suburban? Well, premier win had a, It was eighty. 1,000 or 92,000? Uh, I don't have an issue with this. But, but bottom line, I think the bigger takeaway from the story is that the Premier actually felt uh, he wasn't getting a team that he liked in security detail, that too many officers were moving around him, and he didn't feel like he had a trustworthy team um, of OPP around him, and so he felt like he was being undermined. And look, and that's something that anyone in that circumstance deserves. I mean, if you've watched any of the TV shows or movies about the first family, you see that's often a struggle, getting the right balance. When you're around people all the time, you need to feel comfortable with them. The OPP certainly played an important role in protecting the Premier, uh, but the Premier and the Premier's family need to be comfortable with the people who are around them. So getting the right balance isn't something that can happen overnight. I, I totally agree. Oh, wow. And um, a, and a I must have been wrong then. <laughs> See, I don't care what he does or what he travels around with. If it's comfortable, great. If it's comfortable, if it's conducive to working, even better. I mean, when, when had a suburban? What's the matter with that? Nothing. It's fine. It's more expensive. It's 90, 91,000, Nine, 91 different, different folk need different things to be comfortable Is in. Is the level of conversation we're going to have tonight? Apparently. Well, hey, these are the headlines that are being churned out. Cars. Well, but, let's, talk about, uh, let's talk about Andy's uh, new hairdo. Well, or don't. Um <laughs> Because you have like one, but anyway, Two. Um, I've got. I'm using oh, there Rogaine is one now. just popped up. Yeah. There you go. But uh, the really big story, and we will get a lot more detail on this tomorrow, is that we are set to hear new details on the overhaul of healthcare. And we already know that uh, they're going to shut down a lot of the regional agencies, which I say good riddance to these bureaucracies. This is this was like a really expensive uh, middle layer fat. That they don't need. But without question, things are going to be privatized. I don't have an issue with that, Andy. We're not talking about privatizing the whole system. But if we can privatize things like MRIs and get them going, moving, do you have a problem with that? I, dep- I think if you've got rules, to, uh, they put rules in ages ago that doctors couldn't own health clinics to do blood tests and things like that. 
I think as long as they keep anybody being invested in them that can prescribe them, I'm cool with it. I think really the issue, Michael, is just be honest with us. Like, just be honest. Well, I, 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 I think well, we're actually ready for that conversation. I, I hope can- Canadians are ready. I, you know, it's sad to me that there's a lot of Canadians who, for blind ideology, will, cre- will, will support a system that is literally killing themselves eventually and their loved ones. So, so it's time that we look for innovative ways to improve health care delivery in Canada. And years, that's, not, like, that's not necessarily looking to the United States. That's looking to countries like Sweden. That's looking all around the world, uh, uh, excluding the United States, frankly. I think we can, we can put together a better system. So, yes, this will be good. It was funny a few weeks ago, uh, Andrea Horvath was attacking that they're going to privatize uh, medical laboratories. They're, they're already, already private privatized. in Ontario, yeah. Andrea. I got to be honest. I think anybody in our generation should be looking 30 years down. Like I just, I just put my stuff on. Or in Andy's case, this. 20 years down. Well, for you, I it's was like thinking 30 minutes. I was thinking, yeah, I was, I was pretty on your thing. But you know, I, I look at the conditions to which my stepdad had to go through in his last year and finding a place. It was so degrading and disgusting. That's not to suggest the front line. That's not their fault. But we aren't prepared for long-term care. And I think we need to get our I think you can have a mix of socialized medicine and private medicine. It works in Britain if you've, I mean, their healthcare system is falling apart. And we should look at that very carefully because they have some very serious problems. Mm -hmm. However, you can at least go, if, if you've got the money, you can go to Harley Street and get the top surgeon in the world. I think that's life, and I think it's the only way we're going to get out of it. Centralizing things, I'm not always sure when politicians have one super anything, you save money, because I found that you rarely do. Look at the amalgamation of Toronto. Uh, the, the the A lot of the changes that are required for a better healthcare system in Canada rests with the federal government, but the province certainly on, on delivery and implementation, very important. So I think, you know, Ontarians should keep an open mind and look forward to learning learning more tomorrow. But if you look at the investments this government has already promised on long-term care, I think there's so much more we can do to, uh, to keep people from getting to hospitals. Uh, it's really important. Let's talk about the Oscars last night, because I, uh, I mean, if anything was going to commit me it was that uh i i, well, for, I, I did I, this I as a favor to, to you, you. <laughs> seriously i'll be the first one there uh, look i hate these award shows i used to love them and i'm so turned off of them but i gotta be honest take a listen kind of to the, like the highlights of the thing i don't even know if you'd call them that but just take a listen there is no host tonight there won't be a popular movie category and mexico is not paying for the wall the 2020 presidential election is around the corner Make the moral choice between love versus hate. Let's do the right thing. You know I had to get that in there. We made a film about a gay man, an immigrant who uh, lived his life just unapologetically himself. To be in this category with these extraordinary women and Glenn Close, you've been my idol for so long and this is not how I I wanted it to be and I I think you're amazing. I love you very much. Okay, so you've now seen the best of the Oscars. I've done that for you because literally, thank you. <laughs> How long did that go on? That was for? that was okay. So this was that was forty five seconds. But Andy, these are supposed to be the best entertainers in the world. Why can't they get it right? No, it's the producers' fault. They, I mean, they started off wrong. They started off right. Queen, you can't go wrong. 
And they sang the first song and everybody got on the feet. And then I looked at the audience. They went to the second song and they're sitting there like stuffed <laughs> dummies, right? I well, mean, the second song was like super lame. I mean, it, it, was like, it was like Howdy Doody from feet. 1960. And then they've got the audience. You've captured them. Great opening. And then the three witches come out making bad jokes and acting as little hosts and saying they're not hosts. Award shows by nature are boring. I produce them. Most of the people in the audience are losers. We do not care in your acceptance speech about Fred, James, Auntie, and who's at home. I know. We also don't care about the documentary, let alone stand back, breaking news. We now have the short documentary. Albeit it was a Canadian that won that oh, one. Who cares? However, I got to agree, but but I'm sick and tired of being preached at. And yeah, last so, night, am I, I don't know if uh, I'm imagining it, you know this, what? but it was was it not overtly clear they were sending a message? I didn't watch. I, I was luckily on a flight without the ability to watch because I'm sure I would have seen it if like I was on near the a TV. So you're going to talk about something with no knowledge. But yes, welcome I'm going to. Yes, I'm going to, to Eddie. Michael Diamond. <laughs> well, no, I'm taking my cues from you, big man. Oh! But uh, but uh, so so look, Hollywood contempt for normal folk is what shines shines bright at these things. And yesterday I, there was a tweet from Bill Maher about how blue state red states are jealous of blue states because we have Chef Wolfgang Puck and they have Chef Boyardee. You know, the, the election's around the corner. It's not. There's actually going to be another one of these snooze <laughs> fests like, before anyone casts a ballot. Like uh, you know, the... the the, the the hatred of uh, folks who vote differently than them is, uh, you know, it's, it's a bigotry unto itself, and these award shows are uh, unimportant, irrelevant, and they all got to go away. Do, do you know who's got the, 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 magic, the magic quotient? The Grammys. They've made the Grammys less awards. They call it the Grammy Awards. It's less awards, more performances. Yeah, and but as soon the as they key. start preaching about politics and stuff, I like, shut up. I don't want to hear it. I shut up. I'm watching this you to get away from. Yeah, I'm not going to tune into the Oscars People to get my politics. Us, yeah. I don't care. What oh, do I care do, about? The, if I want to watch politics, I'll tune into a polit- political show. I don't care what Julia Roberts or any of these people care about or Barbara Streisand. You know I don't care. Shut up. As a kid, Billy Crystal's opening was always the fun part of the Oscars. They should bring that back. Yeah. I, I thought you'd remember Johnny Carson at your age. I wasn't alive <laughs> then. He would not be existed today because he'd be too, you know, even Seinfeld. On Point here on Global News Radio. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.